Five. Oud. The heist. Now. First, the alarm globes. They drift through the atmosphere like jellyfish, a shoal of silver spheres, each one laced with awareness nodes and detection fronds. Deceptively aimless, they gently collide, then drift apart, weapon systems flushing red. They are small and they are delicate, and any one of them is packed with enough firepower to bring down a battlecruiser. Thirty-two million of them clog the atmosphere, and the trait pods fall towards them like plummeting sycamore seeds. The pods look like sycamore seeds too, folded clasps of cartilage, sleek husks as long as a human is tall. They don't look like much. They certainly don't look sturdy enough to survive planetfall. But that is why they were grown. That is their design. Their crillotane tenders call them trait pods because, like the crillotane themselves, they evolved to suit and overcome their surroundings. Each pod bristles with sensors, with awareness, a readiness to learn, adapt and change. If they are even a hair too slow, the heist ends here. Then... Three thieves met in an unnamed bar on an unnamed world and Agrakos the Quillotane laid it out over pale Jovian wine. We're going to rob the Maldovarium. Waste of time, Vertebrae said, resting his feet on a battered stool. Place is untouchable. The Silurian wasn't wrong. The bar they sat in was just a grubby little dive, the kind of run-down bolt hole you found on every world. A refuge for those who lived on the wrong side of the law, who stole or sold or made people disappear, who didn't look up from their drinks on anything less than a three-stabbings night. But scattered across the universe were those singular establishments, those bars of legend. The chiasmos, carved into the shell of a living star whale, or the cheem bar lux, where all the drinks were wavelengths of light. There was the sun deck on midnight, the meta cocktails of the Rook, the harbour bar in Bray, and not one of them compared to the Maldovarium. Half bar, half bazaar, mostly illegal and always full, the Maldovarium clung like a secret to the side of a deserted, barren moon. You could get anything in the Maldo. A glass of sunfire whiskey infused with the light of a star, Diamond daiquiris at a hundred thousand credits a glass. Or micro-explosives, stealth ships, or passage to the darkest rim of space. They'd all been there. Buying rare gear, trading information, hunting targets. Everyone passed through the Maldovarium. That was a saying. And every time you did, Dorian Maldovar took a cut. I'm not denying... The Silurian continued, bearing long and back-hooked teeth, that it would be a score. Score of a lifetime, maybe. But there's a million credits worth of alarm globes in the atmosphere, and that's just the stuff we know about. The place, he repeated, is untouchable. Vertebrae the Silurian, a reptile safecracker with a brutal streak. Agrakos the Krillotane, who they said had once been a spy and Kiz Headtaker, the assassin, anonymous behind armour of dull and featureless black. And what if, Agrakos countered with an oily smile, it wasn't? Now. Each alarm globe is equipped with different sensors to cover all possible threats. The first scans for organic body heat, but before it detects the descending infiltrators, the trait pod's rudimentary brains are already devising a response, hardening each pod's shell from cartilage to bone. The bioships glaze white like lakes in winter, thickening their skins to hide the passengers inside. Sensing nothing, the first alarm globe moves on. Density scanners. Motion detectors, pheromone sniffers. 
alarm globes flock and cluster, curious as bees, but muscles flex and glands spurt, and the specially designed bioships evolve and adapt and warp and change to stay one evolutionary step ahead. Finally, 60 metres above the ground, a single message is sent from one pod to another. Headtaker, Agrakos whispers, you're up. Then, Quillotane were shapeshifters, but Agrakos had arrived in his true form to show open-handedness or honesty or trust. Unfortunately, since Quillotane derived their shapeshifting abilities by eating their enemies and harvesting whatever genetic traits they deemed useful, and since the word on the street was that the Quillotane Empire was about to declare war on just about everyone they viewed to be either hostile or delicious, and since Agrakos's true form looked like a skinless bat with a crocodile snout, the desired effect was lost. That it was this particular Quillotane didn't make things much better. Agrakos was ex-Quillotane military, and there were rumours he still worked contracts for them, which, by the elastic and ever-evolving standards of the criminal community, was very close to a mortal sin. Not even they would dirty their hands with government work. Without stretching his head, Agrakos could count four thugs of various species with hands on their guns, a drunk Suntaran muttering to himself and trying to remember where he left his grenades, and a band of Basan raiders sharpening their knives. There were plenty of patrons with reason enough to take on the predatory, conniving Krillotane. The only reason they hadn't was Kiz Headtaker. Now. The belly of the trade pod opens outwards like a wound, like a mouth, and Kiz Headtaker steps out into freefall. This is my last job he tells himself for the thirtieth time. This is not a fact he has shared with his comrades. Kiz Headtaker does not have comrades. There are only three things Kiz Headtaker has amassed over his 33-year career. A reputation, a high price, and a blade of folded Gallifreyan zinc, the only thing he has ever actually stolen. Until tonight. He is not a thief. He is a murderer, and after tonight, he will not even be that. Twenty-five metres up, Kiz draws his sword. It is a thing of genuine beauty, perfectly balanced, incredibly sharp, so thin the edge is invisible straight on. The archivist he stole it from had no idea what it was, and Kiz sometimes thinks about how she could have easily paid off her gambling debts by selling it and then Kiz would never have been hired at all. Seams open along the limbs of Kiz's armour, and anti-grav units rev up, turning Kiz's plummet into the graceful swoop of a hunting bird. Below him sprawls the Maldovarium, a great silver tulip of a dome, and the guards, just as Agrakos had said, looming on the roof's edge like polished silver gargoyles. They register on his armour systems as gleaming stars, the neural link binding them together like a drawing of a constellation in a children's book. Kiz hangs in the air, choosing his moment. This must be perfectly timed. It is why he was hired. That and the prize inside the Maldovarium, the prize that only he and Agrakos know exists. When he has that... He will stop being the headtaker. For the first time in 33 years, he will be just Kiz. Not for the first time, he wonders whether he remembers how. There. The guards are neural linked, but the connection is imperfect. There is a lag, as everything the first guard sees and hears is bounced to the second, and then the third, and then the fourth. If one of them sees him descending like a spider, then they all will, and they will open fire, and the alarm globes will descend. But if he is fast enough to race that pulsed connection, to strike down the first guard just as the link transmits, and then the second, and then the third, Kiz dives and prepares to earn his nickname one last time. 
then. It's not just the alarm globes, Vertebrae said, picking a morsel from a fang, eyes locked on the Bassan raiders as if daring them to go for their knives. Vertebrae had a reputation too. He is those toy soldiers. Eight Cybermen. Neural-linked. If one of them spots an intruder, they all see it. Twelve, actually, Agrakos said. You gotta admire him, if the Cyber Legion's ever found out. He lazily waved a hand at the black-clad assassin at his side. You know, headtaker? Kiz no longer winced at the nickname. Nicknames were useful. Good for business. Kiz had been headtaker for 33 years. It was a persona now. A role. Recently, it had begun to feel like a cage. By reputation, Vertebrae said, there was an edge to his voice. Sometimes people heard nicknames as a challenge or the chance to earn one of their own. And reputation or not, if one Cyberman goes down, the alarm goes up. Kids could feel the calculated insult in Vertebrae's voice. What's the plan for that? 33 years. Kiz has killed Cybermen before. He had killed Jadun and Axons and even Krillatane, a fact of which he was sure Agrakos was aware. Not that it mattered. Krillatane ate their own kind as readily as everyone else's. And it wasn't Kiz who met Vertebrae's stare with the smooth, flat curve of his helm. It wasn't Kiz who kept his hand purposely away from his sword hilt as if a six-foot-tall reptile with dagger talons and a repeater crossbow was nothing more than a curiosity. Headtaker's voice was cold. Me. Now. He takes their heads. Maybe it's because it's been a long flight and his muscles need warming up. Maybe it's because he doesn't trust Vertebrae and he doesn't trust Agrakos and he wants to remind them who he is. Maybe it's because the guards are Cybermen and to Kiz they're not people, though in his faceless, shineless plate he looks just as inhuman as they do. Maybe it's because he is saying goodbye to this life and he wants to feel that rush one last time. He takes their heads. He drifts from the sky like a mobile patch of night, movements sped by careful anti-grav bursts, and that blade flashes soundlessly in the moon's dry air. Only one of them manages to get a weapon up, and Kiz delicately takes its hands before decapitating it as well. The rest don't even register. Few kills do anymore. Kiz feels strange about that. You have to remember... You have to remember to feel things, if this is going to work. He's sheathing his sword when the first trait pod lands, its narrow snout now massively swollen. An airbag. The Krillatane think of everything. The pod settles on its side and Agrakos tears his way free, shredding the pod like paper. Vertebrae is next, shivering and slathered in juices, glaring down at the bio-ship that has delivered him here as if personally offended. They all stare at the dissected Cyberman at Kiz's feet. Headtaker, the Silurian breeds, and picks up one of the heads, slipping it like a trophy into his pack. Nice. Kiz ignores him. Beyond, the massive central dome rises, a pocked steel bulge like a bruised fruit. Usually, the whole Maldovarium is lit up like Christmas, red and green neon blaring prices at the sky. Normally, Dorian's unctuous voice blares across every radio channel, offering everything a sentient being might need or want. Now, though, it is shuttered and dark. Now, a single word repeats over every radio channel but theirs. Closed. 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 There's an access hatch to the Maldo's inner systems just there, Agrakos says, pointing. Vertebrae? On it, the reptile growls and shoots Kiz a combative grin. We all got reputations here. 
The alarm globes keep to high orbit, so they are now out of range, but neither they nor the guards of the Maldovarium's only defence. This is where Vertebrae shines, pulling away the access hatch to reveal a thick cluster of wires that he takes apart like a game bird. Sections are sliced, spliced, rerouted, diffused. He produces his own connectors, weaving them through the bar systems like a surgeon grafting veins. Somewhere inside the Maldo, screens freeze or loop or shut down entirely, and with a satisfied hiss, the Silurian flicks a switch, and 50 metres away, an airlock swings open with a grinding of gears. A second later, a head pops out. Took you long enough, says Dorian Maldivar. Then. So what do we get out of this? Vertebrae said, eyes still on the assassin sitting across from him. Vertebrae Rax, of the aquatic Silurian genus, a lithe humanoid with dark scales, heavy-lidded eyes and a sharp and snapping beak. Known for safe-cracking. Better known for not particularly caring about anything else getting cracked along the way. His body count is nothing like Headtaker's, but if you're counting necessary kills versus unnecessary... What do you want? Agraco said coolly, one predator regarding another. Money? My intel says there's at least 30 million credits in Dorian Maldivar's vault. But that's not what you're really after, is it? I've heard you've been asking around for a vortex manipulator. Unregistered time travel doesn't come cheap, my friend. When are you looking to go? The Silurian shrugged. Earth. Back when it was our Earth. Before all this coexistence with the humans got started. Back to when the Sea Devils ruled. That's what they used to call us, you know. The Terrors of the Deep. Kiz and Agrakos exchanged glances. What? The reptile hissed. They did. He scowled. Whatever, fine. A third of the take and the vortex manipulator, and I'm in. Though I don't think Dorian Maldivar is going to let us just stroll into his bar and take what we want. Dorian's off-world, the Krillotane said. That's what my intel says. Maybe it's a holiday or something, I don't know. But he left in a hurry, and that means the whole place is up for grabs. He leaned forward. Look, I know what I'm asking. On a job this big, it's the variables that get you killed. But that's why I'm doing this. I have the whole place mapped, every security system, every weapon and trap. It's perfect. Like a key in a lock. All we gotta do is show up and be us. You're putting a lot of stock in this intel, Vertebrae muttered, knocking back the last of his wine. You sure it's good? The best, Agrakos replied. Trust me. Ah, but that's the thing, the Silurian continued. I don't. I'd be a fool to. And not just because you're Krillotade and you spend 90% of your time sizing up how much of a meal I am. But if this is accurate, you've got the biggest scoop on the biggest score in three galaxies. What are you getting out of it? What? Agrakos said. Ten million credits isn't enough. Kiz felt the Silurian's gaze flick to him, wondering why he wasn't asking these questions, no doubt. Any sane thief would. They both knew the rumours about Agrakos, and the rumours that the Krillotane were ready to kick off a war. There was no such thing as family in this business. Some had their family within the business, bonds forged in combat or crime, relations by blood spilled rather than shared. Berkrillotanes were all one family, tied together by mutual hunger, a single bloodline from the brood mother down. Working for Agrakos was one thing. Working for the Empire was a war crime. And why the assassin? Vertebrae continued, beady red eyes gleaming. You thinking of taking me out after I break whatever safe is in there? Hey, I'm asking you, head taker. 
What does an assassin want with a Maldovarium? Running low on cash? Have to slum it with thieves? Reputation. All Kiz did was angle his head and the words dried in the Silurian's throat. Family. I lost something, he said, and I want it back. Now. Autons give me the creeps, Vertebrae murmurs. Entering the Maldovarium as a patron is a complicated affair. There's the Dorian Gate, a boulevard vast and plush as the man himself, lined with opportunistic merchants too broke to afford renting a stall inside. Giant, hollow statues of Dorian gleam on either side of the red carpet, laughing and gesturing and knowingly nudging the air, urging you to spend or drink or gamble just that little bit more. You can afford it. You know you can. Treat yourself. You're at the Maldo. The thieves, however, enter through service hatch 11B, a dank tunnel of rusted steel that smells of smoke and neglect. In the cramped passageway, the Auton duplicate stands out like a gem in a landfill. Blue-skinned, ball-pated, clad in bright red robes, with that luxurious lightness of foot exhibited by large and pompous men. Don't you like it? He preens, swishing his sleeves to beckon them down the corridor after him. It's very roomy. Oh, and don't let that door close. Vertebrae pauses halfway through the service hatch. All the doors here use one-off codes. Once it closes, they recalculate. You'll need to prop each one open with... Kiz pulls the Cyberman head out of Vertebrae's pack and wedges it into the frame. It glares at them impotently. Handles, the Auton riffs. Welcome to the team. Sassy for a copy, Agracos murmurs, and bids them follow him into the first of the service ways that climb the great swell of the Maldo's dome like the veins on a leaf, splitting and branching and doubling back on themselves, away from the discerning eye of paying patrons. That's what you paid for the Auton says, fastidiously holding his robes clear of a spill of oil. This is your intel, Vertebrae says, eyes narrowing. You had an inside man. Agrakos shrugs. But I thought Autons were just mindless golems, driven by the nesting consciousness. No offence. None taken. So what's one doing here? Dorian likes keeping trophies the duplicate says. I've been here since the Pandarka opened. He grins at their confused expressions. Don't ask. So when Agrakos negotiated a one-time deal with the nesting consciousness, the Krillotane interrupts smoothly. Dorian thinks it's been wiped, but I came in one day when the place was open and uploaded a reactivation code, a new personality template. Sarcastic, immoral rogue, the copy says, saluting. With qualms about personal risk and a 14% chance of betrayal, so I keep an eye out for that. And, the Krillotane interrupts once again, he's been sitting in the corner, recording every single movement and key press Dorian's made in the last year. I have it all. We are covered, gentlemen. They walk for nearly an hour, stopping and starting as the Auton disarms defences and the Silurian unlocks doors, making their way in slow revolutions up through each level of the dome. Kiz imagines the shabby luxury of the Maldo on the other side of the walls, all gaudy neon and clashing gilt, and how eerie it must all be now that it's deserted. Okay, the duplicate says, as Vertebrae splices open the thickest door yet. Now we ditch the serviceways and enter Plaza 3, just two levels beneath where Dorian keeps his vault. There are inner defences that will only respond to me, Dorian that is, so I can cover that. Then it's Vertebrae's turn. Yeah, Vertebrae says, and Kiz hears the unmistakable click of a safety. About that. Then... How did you find out? Vertebrae had gone to the bar, 
or possibly just stabbed someone in the cloakroom. Kiz wasn't sure. Either way, this was the first moment he and Adrakos had been alone face to face since the Krillotane had contacted him three weeks before. The snub-nosed pistol gleamed in the assassin's fist. I'm not going to ask you again. How did you find out? The Krillotane didn't appear at all perturbed. You're going to shoot me in front of all these witnesses, he said, indicating the crowded bar. Kiz snorted. They'd probably chip in together and pay my fee. You're not liked, Krillotane. Now spill. How do you know I have a... When you've made such an effort to hide it. When you've carefully erased any evidence of an existence before Headtaker. I have to say, I don't know why you bothered. It's also very... pedestrian. Why did she abandon you? Could she not handle the career? The highs, the lows, the body count? Or... Did you not tell her and then she found out? Or... Kiz clicked off the safety. That's it, the shapeshifter purred. You left her to keep her safe. Rode off into the sunset because you knew what kind of man you were without ever knowing that she was... I will put a hole in you, Kiz growled. You touch a hair on their heads. Relax, assassin, Agraco said lightly. She's done an excellent job of covering her tracks. Learned that from you, did she? We have no idea where your old flame is. And to be honest, we don't care about your family. We care about ours. You don't know where she is either, do you? But the databanks in the Maldo do. Vertebrae was returning. Kiz made the gun disappear. Agracos smiled indulgently, like a parent who'd got their kids to play nice. Looks like we both get what we want. Now. Is it very important? That same calm tone. How often, Kiz wonders, does Agracos get guns pointed at him? I've never got this far into a job without knowing why everyone's involved. Vertebrae herds them into the wide expanse of Plaza 3, a cavernous, velvet hemisphere studded with dozens of gambling tables and a circular, central bar. There are still glasses on the tables, food congealed on plates. Dorian did leave in a hurry, after all. The Silurian's crossbow is firmly levelled at Atrakos, and there is a slim little piece in his other hand pointed squarely at Kiz's head. That goes for the assassin too. Is he here to take us out when I get you in? I don't want to alarm anyone, the Auton said, hands raised, but there are quite a lot of defences inside the Maldo, and they tend to get antsy when guns are drawn. I can voice disable them if... Shut up, Vertebrae says, and Kiz realises that the Silurian has chosen his ambush spot well. Maybe they could all take the reptile. Maybe he'd only cut one of them down before the other took him out. But Kiz can hear whirring noises in the walls, the subtle unveiling of gun ports, the charging of laser cells. If one of them shoots, they all die. Your call. Vertebrae says casually, as the charging weapons in the walls begin to ping with target locks. For the next eight seconds, the Auton adds helpfully. You're bluffing, the Krillotane snaps. You'll die too. At least I'll see it coming, Vertebrae says. Another second, the rising whine of loading cannons and... Fine, Agraco snaps and the Auton strides out into the centre of the floor. Deactivate security, he calls. Kiz hears the security wind down. The Krillotane sighs. Dorian takes a cut of everything that comes through the Maldovarium. Sometimes it's credits. Other times it's information. 
travel manifests, censuses and the like. That's what Kiz is after. And, a couple of years ago, a broke biologist specialising in dangerous and extinct animals lost a poker game here and put up his life's work. A bio-library. DNA samples. Suddenly, it all makes sense. And you want to eat them, Vertebrae says flatly. Even the Auton looks faintly nauseous, a flush darkening his borrowed face. I knew it, Kiz breeds. You're still a spy for the Krillotane. You're looking for new traits to give you an edge in the war. This isn't a heist. This is politics. You can split my share, Agraco says abruptly. That's 15 million each if you get me into his vault. Oh, Vertebrae says. Okay. What? Kiz snaps. Seriously? Uh, yeah, the Silurian responds, holstering his weapon. Let them at it. I'm heading to the past anyway. Then why do you need the credits? Because, the reptile says, as if it's obvious, 15 mil is a much better send-off than 10. And who knows what kind of supplies I might need in prehistory. He turns back to the Krillotane. I'm in. What about you, Plastic Man? I don't have free will, the Auton says, so it's much of a muchness to me. The Nestine's already negotiated my cooperation in return for a peace treaty with the Krillotane. Can't eat plastic, Agarako says with a smirk. So... Kiz just stares at them. With bio-gains like that, the Krillotane Empire would become a hundred times stronger than before. A thousand times. New and terrifying forms of Krillotane would be unleashed upon the universe, and it will all be because of them. I'm not doing this, he says. Suit yourself, Agrakos says. He gestures, and the others begin to make their way through the deserted plaza. It is the first time anyone has turned their back on Kiz in a long and storied career. It's a family thing. I guess you wouldn't understand. The words follow Kiz back into the service ways, stalking through corridors dank with rust and runoff, stepping gingerly through the propped open portals, vertebrae laboriously unlocked. This is the second time you've walked away. The second time you've given up on a chance not to be head taker. He shuts out the voice. It has been years. She definitely doesn't want to see him. She's probably forgotten he exists. And even if he was to help, even if he was to sell his soul one last time for a check and a job well done, he'd still be unleashing misery untold on the galaxy and everyone in it. He never cared about that before. He turns the corner to service hatch 11B and those instincts hard-earned over a long and brutal career don't even have a chance to kick in. It isn't that the heavy metal hatch is closed or that the light in its centre has changed from a welcoming green to a harsh and unforgiving red. It's that someone has removed the Cyberman head formerly propping the door open and placed it directly and purposefully in the centre of the floor. They've even cleaned it, wiping away the dust it sustained in its death and restoring its former polish. Somehow, the motionless face looks amused. They're locked in. Someone has locked them in. Level 1 is reserved for the super-rich and Dorian's personal guests. It is a long shaft rising to the very tip of the Maldo's pointed dome. In stark comparison to the showiness below, it is uncluttered and pristine, a simple platform of steel hanging from the roof like the basket of a hot air balloon, littered with mould-form couches and discreet screens on which all manner of entertainment can be summoned. Above, security droids cling to the ceiling like bats, clicking and whirring in digital slumber. Entering across a low bridge, the thieves see the lower half of the shaft has been flooded. The churning black water is almost, 
unbearably fresh and salty after the dead air of the tunnels and the sickly sweet scent of levels two and three. The Maldovarium resides in a barren world. In the universe of interstellar commerce, where long-haul voyages and months between resupplies are common, water is litre for litre more expensive than fuel. It takes a gesture from Agracos to hurry them from the bridge to the platform, so stricken are they by this display of wealth. Where's the vault? Vertebrae whispers, his voice dry with awe. All around us, Agracos says, and nowhere. The Silurian scowls. I can still shoot you, you know. No sense of dramatics, the Krillotane sighs. Fine. It's a pocket dimension. High-level time and space folding technology. No idea where Dorian got it, but it's telepathically linked to him. Keyed to his thoughts, not his voice or appearance. No codes to enter, no wall panel to hack. He just asks, places his hand in the portal... And there it is. Then why are we here? Because, Agracos continues, Dorian isn't going to place his greatest treasures somewhere without having two ways to get to them. He's worked in a fail-safe. A captive thought form. Like leaving a key with a neighbour. If we find the hidden activation panel, it will think like Dorian, and we'll just have to ask it to give us whatever we want. Not going to pretend I understood half of that, Vertebrae says. But if you say so, where's the panel? Agracos's gaze drops to the roiling water below. Ah, Vertebrae says. I suppose we can't just drain it. The real Dorian can, the Auton said. My thought patterns aren't a match. And you couldn't just grow gills and do this yourself. Agracos folds his arms. Fifteen million. I thought you liked water, sea devil. The reptile withdraws a scanner from his pack and takes a deep and deep and deeper breath, his three mighty lungs swelling in his chest. He gives both the Krillotane and the Auton a warning look. Don't start looting without me. And he flings himself off the platform with a crack of his powerful tail. Planning, foresight, closing down variables. It is the only reason Kiz has survived. The only reason any of the thieves have survived. Those on the inside of the law imagine those outside of it as living chaotic and brutal lives. But only half of this is true. To survive in lawless space, every risk must be analysed, every corner checked because there is no law to catch you if you fall. Kiz is distracted when he enters the Level 3 Bazaar. It nearly costs him his life. Someone has reactivated the security systems. Gun ports are already open. Plasma coils are charged. Kiz darts into Plaza 3 on plumes of anti-grav, intent on warning the others, and an entire bazaar's worth of weaponry opens up on him. The air catches fire with dozens of laser bolts. Airborne security droids dismount their charging stands and swoop in, chattering bullets from bulbous pods. Only a lifetime of extreme reflexes saves him. That, and the knowledge that someone somewhere along the line has either betrayed or thoroughly failed him, and either way, they are going to pay. He tries to contact the other thieves, but there's some sort of jammer or blocker in place and all he can hear is that toneless voice. Closed. 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 There are, by Kiz's experienced count, 35 different weapons currently unloading on him, chipping away at the hulking chance machine he has taken shelter behind, warping the metal, shaking the frame. One last job. One last fight. It's a family thing. He takes a deep breath and draws his sword. It's a long way up to level one. He hopes its edge does not fail him now. Vertebrae dives. 
The first few seconds are disorientating. There are hidden jets in the shaft, churning and agitating the water until it feels like an ocean in a storm and, contrary to what he told Agracos, he has never swum in a real sea. Earth is a megacity now and swimming in actual water is reserved for the sickeningly rich. But this is what he was born for. Growing up in the high slums, his father raised him on stories of the sea devil's noble, vicious history. The ultimate predators of the deep. Whole oceans were their kingdom. They rose up to feast on weak, pink humans and descended to the darkest depths to fight the monsters who roamed there. Great soulless thickets of blubbery flesh with arms as long as trees and eyes the size of dinner plates. His ancestors were not afraid. He is not afraid now. His powerful legs kick, the webs between his toes splaying wide like flippers to propel him forward. His pupils have dilated, dragging in every photon of light. His inner ear membranes have descended, protecting him from the whirling, roaring, swirling sea of sound. There. A light. The panel. He kicks towards it. I think I'm going to kill Dorian. Twenty-five minutes have passed since the Silurian dived, and every second has been a one-sided conversation. Agracos is perched on top of a couch, wings folded round himself, staring off into space, while the duplicate paces in front of him with the genial awkwardness of an employee hoping for a promotion. Would that be all right? I've been here for six months listening to him, and I think I'd really quite like to kill him. It's up to you, obviously, you're holding my contract, but honestly, if you could just... Leave me propped up in here, and the second he comes back, I'll just grab him by the throat. The unsealing of Dorian's vault is announced by the man himself, his voice ringing out from empty air. Greetings, me. I hope your exploits are proving as fruitful as ever. And that you fire that waitress on level two, section B. She's stealing cutlery, you know she is. He's like this all the time, the Auton mutters. Which, uh... Brings me back to killing him? Well, you know how this works. You ask, I deliver. Or is it the other way around? How delightfully confusing. Enough, Agricos snaps. Ask it for my DNA collection. The Auton clears his throat. Search for DNA sample collection. Searching. Ah, yes, here it is. Filed under categories DNA... DNA samples, esoterica, and owner was bad at gambling. There's a small table in the centre of the platform, and as a search completes, the air above it trembles. A swirling vortex appears, a knot of whirling, sparking light, and from it slides a small steel case. The Krillotane wipes his mouth and crosses the distance with a single wing beat, claws reaching out, That's when the security droids open up. Clicking and clattering to each other, the spider-like droids fill the air with laser fire, skittering across the roof to get better angles, some engaging thrusters and actually taking to the air. Agraco snatches the samples and flings himself behind a mould-form couch that immediately begins to melt, and the Auton looks faintly perturbed as a barrage of light cuts him in half. This is because I badmouthed him, isn't it? He yells as he begins crawling towards cover. And then the security droids chitter and giggle as a third figure enters the fray, dipping and weaving through the storm, firing expertly placed single shots. Something's wrong! Kiz roars, spinning in mid-air to avoid a haze of laser fire. No, really? Agraco snarls. He's snaking underneath couches now, lithe body pressed low to the floor. What gave it away? This is your fault, Krillotane. Kiz pirouettes, anti-grav's flaring bright, and puts a round through the targeting sensor of a droid at ten metres. You and your plan. All variables covered, you said. Well, you missed something. There's someone else here. They sealed the airlock. They reactivated the security. They cleaned up. 
Agrakos's voice is low and dangerous. Duplicate. You said all the staff had been dismissed. They have been. The Auton is attempting to hide what remains of his borrowed bulk underneath a table, flinching whenever a shot comes too close. See? Alrakos retorts, scampering from one piece of cover to another, samples held tight under his arm. It's... Except for the Ood, obviously. The Krillotain's voice falls dangerously quiet. What? Dude! Dorian has an Ood. They both stare at him. Kiz deflects a lasbolt without turning around. Did I not mention that? Vertebrae feels like he has been swimming for hours. The shaft must be longer than his instruments are telling him because every time he thinks he's close to the light, it pulls away. His first two lungs are almost out of breath. He should open his third, but after that... Even sea devils can drown. Still, it's just a fraction out of reach and it is only when Vertebrae forces his last remaining strength into a kicking, frantic lunge that it steadies and grows from a speck to an acorn, from an acorn to a fist. It's almost close enough to touch. Motion. Motion in the water around him. He can feel it. An old reptile instinct tells him that it isn't the churning jets, but another body. There is something else in the water with him. Twisting in the water, claws at the ready, his eyes strain to pierce the black. Is it a guard? Some sort of vicious alien pet? He reaches one last time for the light. It's all that stands between him and kicking for the surface. The glow brightens and Vertebrae sees what is in the water with him. He sees its pale body, its sleek, domed head. He sees it cut through the water around him like it was born there, its boneless undulations cast in corpse light by the glowing orb in its hand. Vertebrae opens his mouth in shock, and suddenly there are tentacles round his neck, rubbery coils squeezing out the last of his precious air. The eyes above them are giant and soulless and hungry. Just like the stories the sea devil thinks as the darkness closes in. Just like the demons that live in the deep. I didn't think it mattered, the Auton wails, trying ineffectually to pile cushions over himself and hide. Kiz is a blur of motion, anti-grav's straining red as he takes on an entire room full of security droids by himself, deflecting blast after blast on his stolen Gallifreyan blade. It is a superlative display of swordsmanship, and he absolutely cannot keep it up for much longer. Agracus, he snarls. There's an ood? You said you knew everything about the Maldo. I thought I did. Agraco snaps back. Kiz can't see the Krillotain. If he could, he might risk getting shot simply to take him down as well. Duplicate, Agraco says. You are supposed to give me every detail, every staff member. It's an ood, the Auton squeals as laser fire stipples the decking around him. They're barely sentient. It didn't occur to... Why are you looking at me like that? The rate of fire is increasing. Security droids are converging. The Maldovarium is waking up. Every screen in level one is cracked and flaking glass and the mould form couches are eroding under the weight of fire like a time lapse of a storm-tossed beach. Soon, there will be nothing to find cover behind at all. Agracos, where are you? There is a blur by the entrance to level one. Only the enhanced systems in Kiz's armour and a lifetime spent looking for movement in the corner of his eye let him see it. There is a shape, though the light bounces from it oddly, like rain from the back of a water bird. Then it turns and grins at him, mouth wet and red in empty air. I've always wanted to see Headtaker at work, Agracos says. 
and you haven't disappointed. But I've got a family to get back to, and a war to win. Kiz snarls. He cannot help it. This was why the Krillatane had been wearing his own form, why he hadn't simply prepared a form that could have dived into the water. He'd been saving himself for the moment he left them all behind. Droids skitter and swoop obliviously above him, entirely focused on the assassin in black. Hope you find what you're looking for. He turns and is gone, closing the door behind him. It locks with a click as quietly menacing as the pin leaving a grenade. Agracos! Kiz roars, pirouetting between laser blasts, splitting light on the edge of his blade. A stray shot catches his shoulder guard and spins him off balance enough for another two to find their mark. His armour flexes under the strain. He cannot take much more. Listen, I am really sorry about all this. The Auton is babbling now, trying to rearrange his robes over the space where his legs used to be. That's the problem with this model. You have to be really specific. Bit like the vault. The vault. That swirling vortex is still there, rippling occasionally as laser bolts pass through it, and Kiz doesn't even think. His antigravs flare, and as more droids activate and bolts finally find the Auton and the air seeds and cooks with weapon discharge, he dives. It's what he came for, after all. Agracos is halfway to the airlock when he hears the noise. The serviceways are deserted. Every security droid is massing on Kiss's position. He's actually very impressive. Agracos had calculated he'd only last half that time, and that was with the Silurian helping him. It's not a successful heist, unless you get away. And for the Krillotain to get away clean, there had to be someone left behind. It is possible he could have pulled this off with a strike force of his own people, but Dorian Maldivar has connections to a Time Lord who has a particular contempt for the Krillotain, and it is far better that they think this is the work of an assassin and a reptile with an unhealthy regard for the past. It is the future that concerns Agracos now, and that is when he hears the singing. Distant singing, a high, sweet note. Agracos's ears are a predator's ears. He evolved them specially for this occasion, and as soon as a sound reaches him, they snap back against his skull. The Ood. That stupid Auton. But no matter... The Ood have been assessed by the Empire and have no useful features whatsoever. One Ood, even an Ood who somehow locked them in and reactivated the security systems, is no threat at all. For a second, he looks down at the case under his arm. Seventy samples of strange and dangerous species, weaponized nature, predators red in tooth and claw. He could... No, the broodmother would have his hide. The reflective scales blurring his form hide him from all but the most careful scrutiny. He goes low, slithering across the floor, using the walls and the ceiling as he hunts his prey. He should have just used Krillotain for this, and damn the doctor if he came to hunt them down. Relying on other people is a mistake when you can simply be those other people yourself. The Krillotain are the only race that need to exist when they can showcase the best features of every race themselves. Another noise, just ahead, and temptation once again streaks across Agracos's mind. He hadn't really intended for any of the others to survive, but he can't ignore the fact that, while reactivating the security systems is one thing, the Ood also managed to delay or disappear vertebrae one of the nastiest killers he has ever had the fortune to meet. Wouldn't the broodmother want me to bring back the samples safely? Isn't 69 samples better than none? Greetings, me! And what do we have here? Kiz floats in darkness. A live specimen? How decadent! Activating soporific field. 
It's hard to think. To move. You came here to... You came here because... Attempting categorization. Facial recognition scan, DNA test, accessing armour systems. Lights play over his face. A prick sends pain sluggishly moving around his arm. Text scrolls across his faceplate as the vault reads his armour and through it, him. Ah, head taker. That's not who I am, Kiz tries to say, but the words won't come. A face materialises in front of him, and for a moment, he believes it's some sort of judgement, some arcane science of the vault. But it's from his records, playing on the systems of his armour. First kill, Valton Sastos, Draconian. Second kill, Marbrus de Pointe, Human. That's not who I... Third kill, stop showing me... Fifth kill... Please! On the tenth name, Kiz begins to scream. Agraco sets down the case with shaking hands. Popping the lid, he selects a solution containing the DNA of a Cameolius gore raptor. The Crillotane has seen vid docos about them. Claws like swords, senses that verge on the preternatural. It is challenge season soon, and the broodmother is getting old. Maybe she will object to Agracos taking this one sample, and maybe it is time for a king to take the throne. He slugs the sample down. Inside the Crillotane, specially designed organs go to work. They analyse the new DNA, dismantle it for the traits that will prove most useful. Agracos closes his eyes, feeling the familiar pain rack his form. The camouflage scales turn the dead white of shedding skin. He can suddenly see himself again. Good. I want to watch this. His snout shudders and he waits for the pop of new teeth. But something is wrong. His snout droops like a trunk and suddenly his sharp nose is dead, his skin paling further, his skull growing, his pupils spasming from thin slits to black circles agony as his snout splits. Flesh runs and whitens like wax. There is something forcing its way out of his mouth. He can taste himself. He tastes unfamiliar. Agracos opens his mouth to scream and a hundred tentacles spill out. Thirty-three years later, the list stops. Soporific field disengaged. Kiz is lying on his back. Above him, clinging to the ceiling of level one, are hundreds upon hundreds of security droids. He tenses, but they are dormant, grumbling uneasily to themselves, their weapon pods shuttered and dark. What? His voice is hushed. What happened? The vault's voice is quiet. Compilation search complete. Passenger manifests, intergalactic sentences, surveillance footage and government records indexed. Individuals formerly associated with the assassin known as Headtaker are resident on the planet Kratos in the capital of Pater at number 15 St. Meso Boulevard. The vortex shivers and expands and Kiz sits up to see a woman sitting on a balcony staring out over an unfamiliar city of spires and towers. There is a young man beside her. They are talking, laughing silently on the rippling screen. They look happy. Kiz hears footsteps behind him, but does not turn around. They are happy, aren't they? The ood is silent. Kiz looks around at the shattered remnants of the droids he has destroyed the Auton's blank, staring eyes. Vertebrae and the Quillotane are nowhere to be found, though he cannot imagine they got far. She's laughing at something her son is saying. She's older, but it doesn't weigh on her at all. Instead, each year seems to have added to her beauty until she is so much more than she was before. They don't need me. 
They don't need me coming into their life. They've already built one for themselves. Again, the Ood is silent. Variables. That's what kills you in the end. It's variables that ruin your life. Do I die now? He says, and is strangely unaffected by the thought. Is that what happens? There is no reply. Kiz reaches up, unhooking his helm, and stands there for the longest time, but there is only silence. Finally, he turns around. The Ood is gone. The door is open. He looks at the black helm in his hands and gently places it on the floor. <laughs>